everybody. Great to see all of you, and hope you're having a great weekend so far, and I hope uh, today that you can get your week off to a great start. And uh, as you can see, I hope you enjoyed the little intro video. We're going to begin a brand new series this week, and it's going to go on for the next four weeks, and it's called Climate Change. And you could ask the question, well, why in church are we talking about climate change? Well, you'll get the picture after a few minutes of exactly what we're talking about. And what I want to talk about today is what's at stake for you when we talk about climate change? And not only that, what's at stake for the people that are in your life for you with this series and what we're going to talk about today? And uh, it's, it's an incredible subject that we're going to be weighing into today is this whole idea. And, and the theme of the focus is, is that all of us, all of us have relationships in our lives. And each one of those relationships, as you saw in the intro video, has a different climate. And, you know, all of us have to deal with that climate. And, and you and I, you know, we, we have our, our, our climate in our marriage. If you're married, uh, we have the climate at work. If we're, we're, you know, at work or the friends that we have at work and, and just friendships that we have, you know, in general, in, in the community. Each one of those relationships has a different climate. And we're going to talk about that. And, and the goal and everything that we, uh, you know, talk about is to bring about a climate change. And this is one of the points that we're going to look at is the climate of those relationships, each one, determines the forecast. The climate of those or the existing climate of that relationship is going to determine the forecast. What do I mean by that? And how do we know this? If I were to describe to you today, you know, uh, an example of a, a married couple whose relationship was very stormy, very uh, embittered, angry, hostile. What do you think the forecast for that relationship is? Pretty bad, right? You know why you know that? It's two reasons. Number one, you're smart. And number two is this principle. The present, the present climate will determine the future forecast. And I want to share with you a story today of a, a, a ministry leader. He's been helping some of our, our ministers here in the region. And he shared a, a story about one of his mentors. And his, one of his mentors is actually not in the ministry. It's a, a business guy. And he's older and very successful and done very well. And, you know, uh, every month or so they get together for lunch. And this particular lunch appointment that he had, he went to this gentleman's work, his mentor's work. And, you know, there was a little bit of delay, and so he got to wait in the office, and, and he talked with the secretary, and then got to talk to some of his other employees. And everybody in his department had nothing but great things to say about this gentleman. They were raving about him. You know how awesome it was to work with him. And so finally his, his mentor, his, his, his friend came out and they went to lunch. And so he just, you know, he said, wait a second. Before we, you know, talk, i got to ask you this question. Have you read a book? Or do you know something that the rest of us don't know? Why is it that you are, are at a whole other level with people around you? You know, and he, he felt challenged. And, and his, his mentor said, you know, 
you know, I got to share with you a little history of how I got to where I am. A number of years ago in our workplace, they started this evaluation process that's called a 360 evaluation. And basically what this 360 evaluation is, is they go around, they go around and ask people in your department what your relationship, what your working relationship is like. And he, he described this evaluation the first time he got it because they basically show up and they give you all the input from these people that you work with, both your employees, your peers, and your superiors. And he got this stack of papers, you know, and it's sitting on his desk of his evaluation. And he started, this gentleman, he started to look through this stuff and it was like, man, this is rough. This is really hard. And, you know, his, the, the, the guy, the HR head was standing in the doorway and he says, you know, is, is this kind of hard for you to look at? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm offended. And he goes, I just want to give you a little advice. This is the human resource guy. And he says, I want to, I want to tell you that that information that you're holding in your hand is neutral. It's neutral information. Now, what you do with it makes all the difference. If you take that information and you, you go out and you get offended and you get defensive and then you start looking at, at the conspiracy that's going on in your workplace and you get angry and you start looking and plotting and how you can go, get back at all those people and all the things that they wrote, then obviously it's going to really negatively affect our work environment. But if you take that information as a positive opportunity for you to move on to the next level, it could change everything for you in your career. And he shared with the, the, the ministry leader, he said, listen, that was the turning point for my life. Not only in the company, but I, I took the 360 evaluation process. I took it home, and I asked people at home. I asked people in my church, you know, and, and I asked a lot of people. And that's how I became what I am today. You know, and, and this story really applies to what we're going to talk about today. Because in reality, this gentleman had no idea of who he was as it relates to how he was working with other people. He was completely in the dark until he asked, until he had that 360 evaluation. And so today, we're going we're gonna to look at our relationships. You know, what, what is the condition of your relationships? you got the sunny side on one side, and then... I am sure of it. I am sure of it because every single one of us has a relationship in our life that, guess what? It's in need of a climate change. At least one of your relationships is in need of a climate change. And this isn't, you know, gender. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's straight across. It doesn't matter your age. This, this affects all of us in every way. You know, when you think about your family, you think about your work relationships, you think about your friends at school, wherever, in, in the neighborhood, this affects all of that. And so today, what we set up is, as you walked in, you saw the monitor and everything, we're going to have laptops set up, and what we're going to ask you to do is, before you leave here today, is we want to get 10 emails from your friends, okay, and we want you to plug in those 10 emails, all right? And then add your email. And what we're going to do this week, between now and next Sunday, we're going to send out those emails to all your friends, all ten. 
and then we're going to ask them what it's like to, to be with you. Okay? And then we're going to get all the information back. Okay? And then we're going to get your email. We have your email. And then we're going to send you the feedback. What do you think? You know, you're not as excited as I thought you would be. Some of you are, but some of you are not that excited. And I know some of the men in here, you're like, I am not going to give 10 emails to nobody. Okay? All right, let me, let me, uh, let me relieve you. It's just a joke. Okay, we're not, we're not going to get 10 of your emails. Okay? Whatever set up, you're like, some of you are like, okay, I can breathe now. And I'm not coming back to this church if that's what it means. Okay, so even though, even though we're not going to send out the 10 emails, and this is huge, even though we're not going to send out the 10 emails, that doesn't change the reality that that information is out there about you. It's out there. You may not want to know it, but it's out there. And the question is today, do, do you want to deal with that information? And many times we don't. We don't want to deal with that information because we want to put the blinders on and say, no, no, I, I don't want to know what other people are feeling about me right now. You know what that's like? That, that, that's the same as you getting a letter in the mail, you know, from your credit card company telling that your balance is maxed out, overdue, and the debt is accumulating higher and higher. And you taking that letter and saying, you know what, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to look at it. It doesn't change the reality. You're just choosing to postpone the inevitable. And so today I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to weigh in on this. This is gigantic in our lives. This is so big what we're going to talk about today. So I just need, I need about 30 minutes of your full-on attention because this is going to make a significant difference in your life. How big is this? I could give you so many examples of what we're going to talk about from my perspective as a minister. I, I could give you a long list of marriages that if they'd have had this information, if they'd taken this step, it could have changed everything. That because they didn't deal with the climate that was going on, it destroyed them. I, I could give you examples of families who they had this going on and they never dealt with the climate and it ruined the family. I could, I could give you lists of friendships, people that were great friends and they don't speak to each other anymore. They don't have a word with each other. Why? Because they never dealt with the climate of that relationship. But I'm just going to give you a slice today to show you how significant, how significant this is. Just a little slice. That this isn't just about relationships, but this, this has to do in the business world. The last few years, the business world has been coming to an understanding about this. And there was this book that came out recently. It was a landmark book. It's called Emotional Intelligence. And the author's name is Daniel Goldman. And this is after all this research. And not only that, 
In this book, it describes how important emotional relationships are or the temperature or the climate that goes on in the workplace affects people's job, keeping the job, getting the job, and being promoted in that job. And then not only that, there was research done by the Stanford School of Business that they did an extensive survey of how relationships affect the working environment. Let me share you with some of the, 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 the stuff that came back from that, that research. According to Cabot Robert, who did kind of an evaluation, he, he did this. He came up with this information. 15% of the reason people get a job, keep a job, and move ahead in that job is determined by their technical skills and knowledge regardless of their profession. So, the reason why people get a job, keep the job, and move ahead, 15% of that is what they have, the cognitive knowledge of that field of work. Okay, now what, what about the other 85%? You're not going to believe this. What this research has found is that at the Stanford Research Institute, the Harvard University, and the Carnegie Foundation they have proved that 85% of the reason people get a job, keep that job, and move ahead in that job has to do with their people skills and their people knowledge. 85% of why you get a job, hey, teens, pay attention because this is big. Because you're in school right now. And you're about to embark on another four years of very expensive school. Okay? And they're going to teach you a lot of stuff about what you need to know to get your job, and whatever your major is going to be. <clears throat> that's only going to be 15% that's going to help you get a job, keep a job, and get ahead in that job. You know what the other 85% is? What we're going to talk about for the next four weeks. Your ability to work with people around you in your job. It'll help you get a job, keep a job, and get you to head, moving ahead in that job. How big is what we're talking about today? Wow. You know this. Show me a leader. Show me a manager. Show me an employee that has an incredible skill at what he does but has no idea of how to work with the people in his, in his workplace. I'll show you a leader, a manager, or an employee who's capped. Completely capped. He's not moving ahead, and he may not even, and she may not even keep her job. Because she or he has no idea how to work with those people in their job field. Now, some of you know these people. You work with these people. Some of you are going to see them later this week when you show up in the morning. Right? That's scary. And here's the scary thing about those people. They have no clue of what's wrong. Because they always go back and look, wait a second, I've got a master's degree, I've got a PhD at, at, at knowledge about this, this information. 
but they have no clue on how to work with their peers, how to work with their, their superiors, how to work with their employees. Now, you want to know even the scarier fact? Some of you are those people. You walk into work, and everybody knows. Everybody sees it. Yeah, here we go again. He's got no clue, does he? He has no idea. And it's true. It's a sad fact. We have no understanding of who we are and our own climate that we bring to the table in the workplace. But the good news is, the incredible news is, that you have the opportunity these next four weeks to get that information. And, and you can begin a process of climate change in your life. You know, and our, our Father, our Heavenly Father, God, He's been talking about this. The business world, they, they've been talking about this recently for the last few years. But you know who's been talking about this for, for hundreds of years, for thousands of years? Do you know who's been trying to get our attention about how important relationships are? God has. In fact, Jesus was approached and they asked him, in this, this verse that we're going to look at in Mark chapter 12, someone came up to Jesus the teacher, of all the commandments, of all that the Bible has, everything that the Bible talks about, everything that's in here, what's the most important one? Sum it up for us. What's the most important one? And here it is. Jesus answered the question. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And here's the second one. He gave it for free. They didn't ask him, but he gave it for free. The second one is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. Okay, so here it is. Jesus. He's saying, relationships is the whole ballgame. It's everything. It's the center. It's the surrounding part. It's everything. But you know, when you think about it, how much education do we really get? And how much time do we really invest in growing in our relationships? And God's been trying to tell us it's all about relationships. In fact, if you want to know the emphasis of the Bible, this book describes a relationship that God has been striving for, fighting for, dying for, with his people. Trying to help them out. Trying to help us get along. Everywhere. And so the next four weeks, we've got the opportunity to, to listen in. And so, you know, it all comes down to our relationship with God and our relationship with other people. And the great news today is we can get this right. You don't have to walk around in the dark anymore. You don't have to wonder if you're the problem in your department and your center of friends at school. You know, you may not think it, but you have no idea. And God has been talking about this for a long time, and he's ready to do some more talking today. And I'm excited for us to, to get this today. All right, let's keep rolling. 
Today I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Are you ready? I'm going to ask you to do one thing from the message today. And if you're a guest here today, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. You don't have to do it. But if you're a member here and you're a follower of Jesus, I would say you're pretty serious about doing the right thing. So, yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to ask you to do today. And what I'm going to ask you to do today is going to be the thing that just might break through that significant relationship in your life and that could change the climate of that relationship. It could be the thing that takes you right over the top. That changed not just one relationship, but a number of them. So I hope you're excited. So here it is. Here's one of the principles that we're going to look at through the whole series. Until the climate changes, the forecast is going to remain the same. Unless the climate changes, you can pretty much say it's going to be the same for many, many years to come. And that's the principle that we're going to look at. And so we're going to look at, in in the Bible, this is the first time that God deals with this subject of climate change or an evaluation of the climate. This is the first family in the Bible, the first time that God reveals this issue. Look, and in, in, in if you have a Bible, you can look on. If not, it's up on the screen. Genesis chapter 4. This is the first family, Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve. And they have these two boys. Now here it begins in verse 2. It says, Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of his firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So here's what we've got. you got two brothers. They bring offerings to the Lord. One of those offerings is acceptable. The other one isn't. And, and for, for us to think about that, okay, so how's this going to work? What's this going to provoke? We read on in verse 5. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. All right, so give me your evaluation. What's the climate of Cain? He's got some storms and some lightning and some rain going on over his head. It's not going very good. That's his climate. And God was very honest with him. It wasn't, I like Abel more than I like Cain. No, it had to do with what they were bringing before the Lord. And what Cain was bringing was not acceptable. It's a fact. Now, what he did with that is going to show a lot. And then in verse 6, Then the Lord said to Cain, Now, here's where God does his part, okay? Here's where he gets involved. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? So God's trying to help Cain here. He's trying to help him see and do an evaluation of his emotional climate. You've got a problem, Cain. You're angry. You're upset. And I want to help you. I want to help you with this. And he goes on in verse 7. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? 
But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. What's he telling me? He said, listen, you've got a problem here. You've got anger. You've got some emotions that you're dealing with right here. And what you do with it is huge. It's going to determine your future. And it could affect affect a lot of people. Here's the principle that we're going to look at. Be aware of your emotions, but do not become your emotions. Be aware of your emotions, but do not become your emotions. What are we talking about? You ever seen this happen in somebody? Ever seen this happen in yourself? I mean, feelings are one thing. Actions are completely other. What God is trying to tell Cain is here, listen, be aware of your emotions, Cain, but do not become. You must be the master. You know, there's another quote out there that says, emotions are great servants, but make terrible masters. And if you and I aren't careful, if we don't master, and that's what God is trying to tell Cain here, if you don't get control of your emotions, guess what? They will take over. They will rule you. And they will dictate your actions in the future. And this is everybody. This is huge. So God is trying to help Cain out. He's trying to warn him. Now, verse 8. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, Let's go out to the field. Now, before we read any further, did did Cain even acknowledge what God had said? I mean, did, did he even say, yeah, I got it. He didn't even acknowledge the warning that God gave him. He didn't even pay any attention whatsoever. He ignored him. What a mistake. And then we read on. And while they were in the field... Cain attacked his brother and killed him. What a terrible ending. Verse 9, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's your brother Abel? And this is a very famous quote that you will hear. It's rang throughout history. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is, you better believe it. This is where he was at. This is what happened to Cain. Now, am I suggesting here today that, you know, what we're talking about today, that uh, I'm implying that some of us are going to go out and kill someone? No, I'm not implying that. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is this. I'm telling you that emotions kill relationships. Emotions kill relationships. Emotions kill families. Emotions kill friendships. And we see it every day. It's in the news. You see what happens when someone bless their anger, get the boast of them. And then we say, they're crazy. 
They've lost it. Really? I believe they were not aware of their climate and no one took the time to help them out or they didn't take an interest in it. And I hope that's none of us here today. But the truth of the matter is, I see this happening on so many fronts. People's relationships are being destroyed day by day because they're not aware of what's going on inside of them. And they're not in, in touch with their climate. So, today I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you to take this question. And I want you to ask three people this question in three different settings. Okay? You can choose to be it this way, you know. One person maybe in your workplace, one person in your family, one person in your friendships, your group of friends. But to ask them this question. You ready? What's it like to be on the other side of me? Okay? What's it like to be on the other side of me? You might want to write this one down because this is what you're going to have your homework this week. And this is what I'm asking you to do. What's it like to be on the other side of me? And let me just go ahead and tell you up front. There's three things you're going to get from as an answer to this question. Okay, you ready? Number one, you're going to be encouraged. Right? Because people are going to say nice things about you. What's it like to be on the other side of me? You say good things. Number two, you're going to hear some surprising things. And number three, you're going to get your feelings hurt. How do I know this? Because I've already done it. I have three people. I got encouraged. I got some surprising information. And I got my feelings hurt. And, you know, the reality of it is, this is probably the reason why we don't like to ask this question, because it requires courage. It's going to require courage of you. It's going to require humility. Well, what do I care what they think? Oh, trust me, if you want a friendship, you want a relationship with that person, you care a lot about what they think because it affects you. And so, that's what we're going to be doing. Here's, here's a, a verse that, that really speaks volumes of the relationship factor. You know, as we think about God through the whole Bible, but in that situation there, it says this in Psalm chapter 62, verse 11. It says, One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard, that you, O God, are strong and that you, O Lord, are loving. Or in other words, in another version, it says tender. Now, in each situation, you're going to see this in God's dynamic and how he interacts with people. You'll even see it in the life of Jesus. When God talked to Cain, he was strong, right? He said, your offering is not acceptable. But then he was tender and he was loving and he was saying, hey, Cain, why are you angry? Let me help you out. Don't let your emotions dictate your relationships. Don't let them dictate your future. Deal with them. When Jesus walked the earth, he was very strong with people. 
He told it like it is. He spoke the truth. He told them where they were at. But then, also, he was very tender. He was very loving. And he said, hey, listen, God accepts you where you are. He just wants you to change. He loves you this much. And it's that perfect balance. And throughout the scriptures, you'll see it over and over again about God's dynamic. There's a climate in Genesis chapter 4. God's emotional climate. There's a climate in your life. You may not be aware of it. It's God's climate as it pertains to you. How's your relationship with him? How's he feeling about you? This is big. This is big what we're going to talk about. And so I want us to say this together. All right, you ready? Because we're going to go out of here today. And, you know, I don't want you to walk out of here today going, well, what, what was it again? What, what were we going to do today? What, what, did, what, did, what did the minister, what did Peter ask us to do? What, what was it? I, I don't want you to forget. Okay, so let's say it together. You ready? You with me? On the count of three. One, two, three. What's... Okay, so now you know. Three people in three different situations. Three people in three different situations. Now, there's a fourth one. You can get extra credit if you ask this fourth person. Okay? Get a bonus. Anybody tell me who the fourth person is? A lot of answers. The fourth person is, you take your answers and you take those things that those people have said and you present them before God. And you tell God, God, I need your help with this. Because I know that 90% of what these people have said about me is completely wrong. Okay? Can you help me with the 10%? Please. I want to work on that 10%. Can you help me? No, no, I'm serious. This is, this is so, this is so, so big in our lives that you will turn off the noise, shut off the phone, get in a quiet place, and get on your knees and say, God, this is big. I see this. I see and I understand that relationships are the most important thing. And I understand that my relationship with you is important. So God, will you help me? Help me understand what it's like to be on the other side of me from God's vantage point. And you know what I believe? And you know what I know? Is that God is going to run and He's going to answer that question. He's going to make it clear to you. He's going to show you exactly what the need is in your relationship with Him. 
it's going to require courage. It's going to require humility of you. And this is the most important relationship. And you know what? What you're going to find out about this most important relationship? Maybe that's the relationship that needs the climate change. I have a feeling that some of you, you're thinking, man, my relationships are great. You know, I'm good. I'm not, I'm not at war with anybody. What about your relationship with God? Because I believe there's some of you here today that you're angry with God. You won't say it in church. You won't say it out loud. But you're angry with God. Is it right to be angry with God? No. It's not, it's not wrong to be angry with God. But it is, a, it is wrong to be angry with God and do nothing about it. That's wrong. You know, and, and, and maybe, maybe some of you, maybe you're not angry with God, but you, you're resentful with God. You resent Him. You know why? Because things haven't turned out the way you wanted in your life. They haven't worked out the way you planned, the way you dreamed or you had imagined it. And you resent Him for it. Is it wrong to resent God? No. Because if you know your Bible, you're going to realize that there are many people who were angry with God, who resented God, but they dealt with it. It's wrong to resent God and do nothing about it. And maybe after the end of this series, this is the relationship that's going to experience the most significant climate change in your life. And trust me, it will be the most significant relationship from here to eternity in your life. So I want to encourage you in this series because we're about to embark in a journey that has the potential to take you to another level in your life. And if you're a guest here today, you have no idea of how far and how wide this can take you. There is incredible, incredible news here today that you and I can be like my friend's boss or mentor. That when people walk up and get to know your friends, they go, wow, what book have you read that none of us have read? Well, what do you know? What course did you take? How is it that you're so up here in your relationships and your friends? And I realize it myself. You know, when I, I did my own little survey, I realized, man, I've got a long way to go. But if I go after this, it can make all the difference. And it will change the present climate in those relationships. And you know what? If we change the climate, guess what happens? The forecast is going to be incredible. Isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? Some of you are here today because the climate right now is not good in your family. Your, your climate is not good in your life. Your climate is not good in your marriage. And you're here today thinking that, mm, you know, somehow, some way, I hope God can help me. Yep, he's trying to. The question is, will you do your part? Will you go out of here today and ask the tough question, what's it like to be? on the other side of me. I want to share this. Uh, ladies, I'm going to give you a break right now. Okay, all the women, I'm going to give you a break because I realize 
I realize that some of you here today, women, you have a higher priority on relationships than the men in the house. Would you agree, women? Can I get an amen from the women? All right. We got an amen. Now, guys, here's what I know about you and what I know about me. You and I look at relationships as important, but not urgent. Women, they're going to tear out of here today, and they're going to start asking the question. They're going to probably ask that question before they walk out that door. That's what women are going to do. You know, some of you in the closing song, you're going to turn to each other, and you're going to say, what's it like to be? Right? But the guys are going to go, you know what? I, I, I know it's important. But I don't know if I have time to do that because this week I've got this presentation, I've got this this project, I've got to close this deal, I've got to get this job, I've got to get this done. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do this, right? Because we're world conquerors. We know that relationships are important, but relationships are not urgent. Why is this picture of Steve Jobs on here? This book came out last year a biography of Steve Jobs. And I got to confess, I like Apple stuff. It's changed my life. You got to confess it. Okay? It's cool. But it has made a huge difference. You know what the mantra at Apple is? The mantra at Apple is, we want to put a dent in the universe. That's their mantra. They don't want to just change the world. They want to put a dent in the universe. I think it goes without saying, Apple has changed the world. It's changed our world. And that was their goal. But it's interesting in this book, the biography of Steve Jobs, if you open the front cover, you're going to see this. There's this picture on the front cover and on the, on the inside front cover and on the inside back cover. This same picture. And this is a picture of Steve Jobs sitting in his home office in Palo Alto, sitting in front of his computer. And this was just after he got word that he had pancreatic cancer. Here's a guy who changed the world. He was on top of his game. Apple was, was, was blowing up worldwide. Stores everywhere. Everybody had their products. They were the, the best. They were the king. They were at the top. You know what's on that computer screen? A picture of his son, Reed, and his wife, Lorraine. This is what he was looking at when he found out that he had pancreatic cancer. Why am I sharing this with you guys, with the men? Because you and I want to go out and conquer the world. But at some point we're going to realize it's going to hit us that all the accomplishments, all the accolades, all the success, if you change the world... If you rock the universe with your accomplishments, when it all comes to an end, you know what it's going to boil down to? 
Same thing it did for Steve Jobs. You know, all that mattered, the only thing that mattered was his relationship with his wife, Lorraine, and his relationship with his son, Reed. That's significant. And maybe that's why the author put that picture in the front and that picture on the back cover, inside cover. Because we all want to learn about Steve Jobs, how he rocked the world. Let me tell you, even him, when it's all said and done, it all came down to his relationships. Here's a principle that all of us need to walk out of here today. But David said in Psalm 90, verse 12, Teach us to number our days, God, that we may gain a heart of understanding. Help me understand that there's a number on the number of days that I'm going to have left to live. You know what that number is? Who would you like to know? But let me just tell you, let me assure you, whether you're young, old, it doesn't matter what stage you are in life, there is a number. There is a number. And I want to ask you today, what will you do during that time frame with the most important thing, the most important, the most valued asset that you have in your life? What will you do with it? Will you take this opportunity today to go after your relationships? Will you walk out of here today realizing that no matter what you've got going on this week, this is it. This is the most important thing. It's heavy, isn't it? But let me tell you, on the other side, the great news is when things are right, there's peace, there's joy, and there is, a, there is a, an experience of life. I, I am living it the way it was meant to be. So today, one thing I ask you, to go out of here and ask that question. What's it like to be on the other side of me? You know how bad God wanted us to get this? You know how bad? He has been pleading with mankind since the beginning. I want to help you with your relationships. I want to help you with your relationship, number one, with me. And you know what I'm willing to do in order to get that relationship right? I'm willing to die. I'm willing to bleed. I'm willing to be humiliated. I'm willing to be beaten. I'm willing to die on a cross. I'm willing to suffocate for hours on a cross so I can get your attention that this is this important. That's what God has put in the value system of how important this is to him. What's God's climate as it pertains to his relationship with you? Are you ready to weigh in on that? And now we're going to take the communion. And as you take the bread and the fruit of the vine, I want you to think about that. What value has God put on your relationship with him? He's put everything on the line for your relationship with Him. So what are you going to do about it? And your relationship with Him, and not only that, your relationship with others. I'm so excited about the journey that we're on, and I hope you don't walk out of here shaking, and I'm never coming back. No, don't do that. 
you, you are about to embark on one of the most incredible journeys in your life. And it could be the time that you look back and go, yep, that was it. That was the game changer. That's how I want to go through it. That's what I want to do with this information. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you so much that you love us deeply. Thank you that you give us chance after chance after chance. Thank you that you plead with us, that you, 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 you go after us in our relationship with you. You never give up. I pray that we will respond today to go after our relationship with you first and foremost and to go after our relationship with others. God, right now as we take the communion, we ask you to please forgive us for the way that we've hurt people, for the times that we've allowed our anger to become our actions. God, we ask you to please give us a brand new start today. If our hearts are hard, we ask you to please soften them. God, if we're separated from you and we've got resentment, anger towards you, help us to deal with it. Help us take the time out and get help with it. Father, thank you that we can ask you the question, what's it like to be on the other side of me? Thank you that Jesus on the cross is our, is our hope, is our, our good news. Bless this communion and help us in our relationships. We pray these things in Jesus' name.